Hello, and welcome to the Grant Street Experience. My name is Grant Irvin. I serve as the Chief Resilience Officer for the City of Pittsburgh. And this is our experimental podcast about the interesting people and places along Grant Street. Today, I have uh, two guests with me today, uh, my friends Nils and Katrin from the great country of Denmark. Um, Super excited to have them here. Uh, We've been uh, working with uh, the Danish Embassy and the city of Aarhus uh, for about the past two years or so, I guess, uh, as part of a partnership agreement that the city signed uh, with the city of Aarhus. It was back in 2019, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to have them here as uh, one of our inaugural guests. And uh, we got a couple of exciting topics to talk about today. Uh, energy and huga. Um, I was explaining to my friends here earlier today that uh, two things that Americans and Pittsburghers specifically want to learn more about is district energy and huga. Mm-hmm. And I thought, who better to talk to than my friends Katrina and Nils? So uh, you guys are in town. Yeah. Um, literally kind of just grabbed you out of a restaurant and said, uh, could you come up to the Fred Rogers studio and of course we can. <laughs> talk a little about energy yeah. and Uga. So two great topics. Um, maybe to get started, though, um, maybe we'll start with you, Nils. Just talk a little bit about kind of uh, about yourself, uh, you know, what brought you to the U.S. and, uh, you know, kind of some of the things you're working on and then Katrina, we can uh, pick up there from sure. you as well. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah, so I uh, moved to uh, Washington D.C. with uh, uh, got a job on the Danish embassy uh, here. Um, I uh, moved on my own, so I I, I don't have a family yet <laughs> to to accomplish here. But um, I uh, got a job uh, with uh, business business development and sales of. Um, renewable energy, uh, including desktop energy, and this is one of the reasons we're sitting here, um, renewable energy production and so on. So um, being a first time in an embassy world uh, and uh, a first time in the public uh, sector, so I'm, I'm very excited about it because I'm actually learning a lot as well myself, but really trying to uh, to build the bridge between um, yeah, Denmark and then uh, the U.S. and cities like Pittsburgh uh, uh, within energy and connecting the dots uh, to the industry, but also uh, helping, exp- you know, uh, raising the awareness of uh, best practices and what's possible and what's not possible. Great. Terrific. Katrine, yourself? A little yeah. bit about your background, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm a civil engineer uh, from uh, Copenhagen and Denmark, and uh I moved to Aarhus, <laughs> so uh, Aarhus hired me, uh, uh, so I'm working with the municipality. I'm doing district heating, so uh, in cooperation with you, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, I got the opportunity to come over here, and um, Nils's department, a department from uh, the Danish Embassy, awesome. hired me, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm here for only 10 months. And uh, I've been here now 14 days, so <laughs> I'm brand new. That's great. Yeah, I brought my family and my two kids. Awesome. And yeah. how old are your kids? Seven and nine. Seven and nine. Yeah. What, what grades are that? Uh, that's uh, first and the third grades, yeah. So, uh, Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. They don't know the language yet, so it's a bit of a challenge for them. So they're uh, working a little bit in Danish and trying to work on their yeah. English? Yeah, okay. definitely, yes. So maybe uh, some first impressions from you. Uh, Aarhus and Pittsburgh have a lot of things in common. Oh, they do. Um, some similarities, but maybe uh, maybe tell listeners uh, first about Aarhus. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the type of city it is, and you know size and industry <laughs> and types of things that are going on there. Yeah, um, 
Aarhus is a big uh, university city. Okay. Uh, we have some great uh, universities, um, and uh, then we have uh, the harbor, which also creates a lot of industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Uh, I think it's a city around your size, maybe a little bit larger. Three hundred and twenty thousand. Yeah, three hundred fifty. So. I think we are on already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a growing city. It has a growth of one point five percent every year. So uh, as a municipality, we have a challenge to support that. Wow. And uh, working for the district heating, which is what I'm doing, uh, it's uh, a challenge to uh, follow up all the time. To keep everybody so warm, So we are right? expanding all the time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the production of heat is uh, expanding as well. So, now, so, so you grew up in Copenhagen and then moved no, to ours? No, not at all, actually. Okay. Yeah, I grew up in uh, one of the second smallest island in Denmark, actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, on uh, Lesø is the name. And, uh, well, when you come from a small island, you move... Uh, to the big city. Yeah, to the big city early on Okay. to continue your study. So I moved uh, to Vibo, which is, uh, I don't know, a 10th greatest city in, uh, in Denmark. Denmark. And then after um, gymnasium, high school, I think, mm-hmm. or what you call it, is a, yeah. Um, I was out traveling in the world, uh, mostly Asia, okay. for almost two years. Then I went home, and uh, well, nothing was big enough. Right. <laughs> so I After went to yeah. Big, so big I went to Copenhagen, world. and I studied at the DTU, the Danish Technical University. To become an engineer, yeah. Great. And then after university, you went to Aarhus. I went. No, I actually walked, uh, worked for Copenhagen uh, District Heating. Okay. Uh, for seven years, I think, before moving to Aarhus. Uh, after seven years, I wanted to have a family, yeah. and my family are mm, closer to to Aarhus at least. Interesting. So uh, we moved there with the family. I yeah. know having the the connections for that support system to raise sure. kids is important. It's always nice, yeah. <laughs> um, and then Nils, how about you? Where did you grow up in in Denmark? So I grew up uh, on the um, Copenhagen Island, so to say, we call the Sealand. So that's where the capital is, and but um, north of Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. My father was a forester. Uh, so I actually grew up in the forest on the countryside, uh, which there's not that much of uh, on that part of the of the country. But uh, yeah, so I'm in that perspective a country boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but uh, as so you both uh, grew up in small towns and then kind yeah. of yeah, actually yeah, my our, my town was even uh, 700, so it was uh, very small. Okay. Um, and um, and then I took the kind of the same as you did after finishing the high school. I took uh, wanted to go uh, out traveling. And uh, I was accepted. I just uh, touched base on that on a music group, uh, American actually. Okay. And, uh, that uh, took me around one year uh, with music uh, in many states here in the U.S. actually. So that's why it's my first ties to the U.S. Okay, with music. Yeah, and uh, traveling with a lot of American young kids. So we were between 18 and 25 in that group. So okay. it was a good age to to travel around. So I did that for a year, and then again, you know, when coming home, nothing is big enough. Moved to Copenhagen as the only uh, part of uh, the family, and, and then I took my degree actually on Technical University of uh, Denmark as well, the same place, okay. but uh, mechanical engineering, and then I specialized okay. in energy. So you both have mm. kind of energy technical backgrounds Definitely. then? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Right. Mm. Now, tell, before we started to <laughs> record, we talked a little bit about this music <laughs> thing, so let, let's let's not leave that for a okay, second. Okay, okay. Um, so tell us a little bit more. So you're... you're uh, a pianist, is that right? Yeah, so I've been playing the piano since I was six years old. I um, I have a, 
music uh, gene, so to say. So you know, I have a, a I play by ear a lot. Oh wow! So you know, I, when I hear a song, I can uh, easily play it on the piano. Uh, so as I, I, that was how I started. That was where my parents found out. Oh, this guy he has a, <laughs> he has a talent. <laughs> he has a talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, then I took uh, lessons in school uh, for ten years, and then I um, in the gymnasium in the high school I added singing. Okay. So I did also uh, start singing there in choirs and so on. So, so you're I, comfortable behind the microphone then? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would prefer to have my piano over okay. here. <laughs> okay. But the uh, table is okay. You're like a district energy <laughs> piano man type of guy. Okay. Yeah, so actually, it's kind of funny because, you know, when you do a business sometimes uh, and the topic, if you're in a lunch, uh, talk about uh, music, it's softened up actually. So, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you, uh, you get further with your business development sometimes when you take a, yeah. you know, yeah. What what, uh, what was your band? Was it rock, pop? Rock, like pop, yeah, cover music. So it was, you know, everyone kind of have this dream to be a big star. And of course, we had that as well. But it's only a very few who get there. Right. So we end up doing these, uh, you know, wedding jobs, uh, city uh, party jobs, uh, you okay. know, all kinds of, uh, you know. Oh, so it's, it's it's difficult to make a living of it. So, But I actually did that for until I was 34. So I started wow. starting, uh, starting when I was 34. Now, do you get yeah. the itch to play every now and again? Or? So... Actually, at the embassy, we uh, make a band once in a while. Really? For the, because we have um, what we call EU Open House there. Okay. Which is all the European uh, embassies has an open house on the same day. Um, so for that event, we actually make an embassy band, typically with interns. But, uh, you know, there is actually, when you talk to people, there's a lot of people who play the music. Okay. So we still do that. So there's like interns sitting at the piano and you said, move over, kid. Well, like, you know, yeah. Let so Nils have a seat. <laughs> So yeah, we we uh, we do that, and then I'm singing in the choir as well, actually Great. in DC. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. I'll never uh, let go of that. Terrific, yeah. terrific. <laughs> um, so maybe let's talk a little bit about business here. So so district heating mm-hmm. um, has been kind of a, a big topic, a piece of our work here in Pittsburgh, uh, related to our climate action plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Katrina, maybe for the audience, if you can explain kind of what is district heating, uh, <laughs> and then also you know why is it so prevalent. Uh, in Denmark and across Scandinavia, and maybe what are some of the mm. um, quick reactions that you've seen here in the States just uh, being here for the past couple of days? Okay, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. <laughs> Let's start. What, what is district heating? Yeah. What is district heating? Um, district heating is uh, produced uh, at a plant. Uh, it's warm water, basically, in pipes going out to each housing. And there you have a exchange unit, and mm-hmm. then you exchange it to uh, the house. So it's a very simple. Uh, one lane, <laughs> one pipe uh, forward, and then one return mm-hmm. with the cold water after exchanging the heating. And, and tell us, like the the history of district heating in Denmark. Oh, I mean, it's we, uh, it's huge. I mean, it's go way back. Yeah, we've had um, we did a, an event yesterday just for listeners. An event yeah. yesterday in the Lower Hill District, yeah. and one of the things that struck me was about the the generations yeah. that we've gone through. Yeah. So maybe talk about that. Yeah. Um, well. Um, in Aarhus, we had um, had uh, district heating for uh, over 90 years, so it's an old technology in Denmark, and uh, it started as uh, based on coal and um, natural gas, and now uh, we're moving forward um, throughout second, third, fourth generation, mm-hmm. and you're putting on, adding on um, different ways of producing the heat in a more renewable way. Mm-hmm. Uh, solar energy is one, uh, geothermal is very new. Um, we have uh, biomass produced instead of um, using uh, carbon real <laughs> um, products. And it's, um, well, it's uh, going towards a very green, the way of producing energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And in, in Aarhus, so you work for the municipality of Aarhus, yeah? Yes, yes. And, and so their role in district heating is both kind of the planning as well as the delivery yes, of the heating a, service, a, right? Yes, we have a close uh, cooperation mm-hmm. with the municipality's uh, planning division. So they plan uh, um, different development areas for the city, and then they come to us and ask, how can we do the utility? Mm. Um, and, um, of course... It always ends up in uh, several dif- different new projects, mm-hmm. uh, expansion perhaps of the production units, or yeah, it can be everything. And you guys are using uh, for the fuel source for the central plant uh, a mixture of what? Bi- biomass? Biomass okay. is uh, uh, wood, wood pellets, and uh, straw, lots mm-hmm. of straw, yeah, from the upland. I mean, we have a big farming country in Denmark, so uh, they're producing a lot of straw. And because um, they're producing a lot of uh, food for cows and pigs, right. which is yeah, the farming. But the straw is uh, not used so much because there's no uh, real food value in it for the mm-hmm. animals. Mm-hmm. So we can uh, burn it instead and get district heating. But also we have a very big uh, tradition of uh, using our waste uh, as a fuel. Mm-hmm. Because of course that confers is free, almost at least. Right. Um, we just have to pick it up <laughs> and uh, drive it out to the waste incineration. And it creates kind of a a loop system effectively, right? Definitely, yeah. Maybe talk a little bit about how that collection to the central plant works for folks. Well, um, the the waste uh, is collected by the housing and Mm -hmm. then driven out to uh, the incineration plant. Mm -hmm. It creates heat and uh, electricity. Mm -hmm. And then that returns um, uh, to the housing Mm. for yeah. And it's interesting, so we were talking yesterday, Nils, that uh, as part of kind of both cities like Aarhus and Copenhagen, but kind of the national strategy of Denmark has been to find ways to integrate these uh, different energy solutions, right? So uh, maybe if you could share with listeners about kind of that integration of wind and cogeneration and, and other renewable resources. Mm. For sure, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... So to say, the, the district energy is kind of what you would call the backbone of, of the energy system and, and has been from the very beginning and, and, and the, the generations that you talked about of district heating is basically lowering the temperature in the system. So the first ones we had was steam as well, as you have here a lot. Um, and that has been transformed. The first big step was converting to, to water. Mm-hmm. And then when you have the water in the pipes, um, uh, you know, you really have, uh, so to say, it's just easier to heat up uh, water to be warm rather than to make it steam. It mm-hmm. actually takes a lot of more energy to, to make it steam. Mm-hmm. So that uh, made a big uh, difference to go for that. And then uh, it's it's really about lowering the temperature because the lower temperature, the less fuel and also less losses. So, and, and by... Uh, lowering the temperature in, in this backbone, you can say, of the energy systems, you will just enable so much more um, uh, ways of making hot water mm. and cold water as well. And that's where the waste come in, uh, you know, biomass, because, again, the, the, the lower temperatures you have to operate your production facilities also uh, makes efficiency higher. And the next big thing we have now in Denmark is, of course, electrification of it because we have uh, so much wind. Uh, so electrification our, of the boiler systems? Yeah, well, actually, uh, well, yeah, the production of the heating is now electrified. So uh, wow. it's not as much the boilers. We are using more and more heat pumps uh, to do that, um, which is also coming here uh, more and more. Mm-hmm. So because um, in Denmark, we sometimes have a surplus of wind 
uh, energy coming from mm. uh, uh, electric. And that's all mostly offshore wind. Yeah, mo- well, but both, both. Yeah, it's both onshore and offshore. More and more offshore is coming now because I think the onshore has been built out pretty much uh, already. Okay. Uh, and of course, there's always this issue: who want to be neighbors to uh, to the to the wind turbines? It's it's easier to put them offshore. Um, so so that surplus electricity is is a very good way to uh, to produce heating, mm-hmm. uh, and also with different storage systems, uh, you can store energy in water. You can't really do that in steam as well. So it's just mm-hmm. a, you know a really just a backbone of putting that industry and and that uh, these sources together. Excellent. And maybe just to pick up on that, what are some of the interests, I guess, of, uh, of both, you know, the, the, the embassy and kind of your work in terms of bringing these technologies and connections and, you know, really terrific and talented people like Katrina to mm-hmm. places like Pittsburgh? I mean, talk a little bit about that. Sorry, can you repeat that? In terms of the, the embassy's interest oh, yeah. in terms of connecting yes. the, the dots, For so sure. to speak, with cities. Yeah, yeah so... Um, Again, as you also mentioned, Korea has been been around for for eighty, ninety years uh, from the beginning. So, and Denmark is a small country. We don't have minerals that we can sell, uh, oil, gas. We have a little, uh, so we can be self sufficient. But we don't have gold, other minerals. So, what we can sell is knowledge and 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 technology development and equipment uh, mm-hmm. development. So that's where. Um, for the Danish government, uh, this is the main income now mm-hmm. that we can um, export these things that we have been uh, doing in the backyard for for many for many years. So it's a big focus for the Danish government to set aside money for that export promotion, and that's where I'm sitting uh, in my chair now, uh, helping the Danish companies, but also helping the expansion of these mm-hmm. technologies and best practices. So. It's it's definitely a huge focus area for for the Danish government uh, to to help spreading the good word, so to say. Terrific. And Katrina, you know, you've only been here for three days, um, and you're going to be a part of our team uh, up until December, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've you've been on the ground, like I said, for you know, grand total of 72 hours here in Pittsburgh. But uh, <laughs> any kind of uh, suggestions or where do you see some of the opportunities or initial reactions that you might have in, mm. in terms of some of the stuff that we've been working on here in the city? Yeah. Well, I see a great uh, possibility for uh, expanding the district heating systems because you have um, you have lots of uh, good in- infrastructure to do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, we had some discussion with some developers and they seem likely to um, accept this new technology for mm-hmm. them it's new it's not new for us but for them it is and that's uh, it's a good view i think on it's expanding yeah. yeah it is the uh, you know the, the relationship in terms of development and planning a district heating um, you know i was uh, in in copenhagen a, f- a few months ago mm-hmm. and had uh, you know the opportunity to just you know walk around town and see some of the development that's occurring it's, you know rapidly mm-hmm. kind of growing place um mm-hmm. often touted as one of the, the best cities in the world i think Aarhus and pittsburgh might you know give them a run for their money but um <laughs> that relationship with kind of development and energy um do you have challenges with that in in denmark also in terms of laying the infrastructure and meeting site schedules and of course of course yeah because it's a big uh Every big city has problems with traffic. I mean, mm-hmm. and as long as you, when you put pipes in the ground, you're bound to annoy someone. <laughs> right. Yeah, at least the traffic is uh, mm-hmm. a big problem, of course. So we have to, uh, we have ways of trying to 
go through the smaller roads or mm-hmm. yeah um but i mean we can't do it wireless so right, <laughs> it's, right, that's true. it's water and pipes we have to to go in the ground so do, do you see that uh you know kind of that ability to intersect like renewables and kind of sustainable yeah. technologies yeah. um are, are they readily accepted or oh definitely it? yes it's something every uh, every day is brought up with. Mm-hmm. Again, as yeah. Nils said, we don't have the resources for extra resources. Right. So we have to be very careful with what we have. Right. And um, we are, yeah, definitely. And that's, I think, why we're leading on the technology of using renewable resources. Because we don't have anything else. So we so are really Necessity doing. is the mother of it all is, invention. It is, definitely, yes. And uh, doing it with... Uh, carbon reducing methods and uh, in in mind it's uh, really good for the whole globe i guess <laughs> That's i think yeah. a, a big part of uh, also why the development has taken so much places so also the so all our journey here started with the oil crisis back in the 70s that was where we were put to a corner mm-hmm. to, we have to do something else because we were 100 dependent on, on fossil fuels but we also at that time had a, a visionary government and also governments after that that actually uh, you know, our systems um, is mostly um, non-for-profit, mm-hmm. which is uh, something you you rarely see over here, but it's mm-hmm. actually been a, a huge uh, advantage uh, for the development because nobody really has to own money. It's not just it's a, a shared responsibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that's also what is uh, the backbone of our culture as well. So I guess that's why it's integrating very well uh, mm-hmm. and nobody really uh, questions it. So we'll have to find kind of a, a, a hybrid path here probably in the United yeah, States. Yeah, because you, you can't plug and play and, and that's also uh, what we as advisors is here for locally yeah. because you, there's just other ways and other routes. So so I'm a, a big energy nerd, but also I have a, a kind of a, an idea, I think, of a way we can help facilitate that hybrid path. And one of the other big questions that folks wanted me to ask you is about the concept of HUGA, um, which I think oh, the yeah. pronunciation <laughs> was HUGA. HUGA. Uh, could you share with listeners, uh, uh, Katrina Nils, about about Huga? Um, Americans, you'll see it as H Y G G E, I believe is yeah. how it's spelled. Right. Huga. Uh, but but what is it, and maybe what can we learn uh, here in the states about Huga? Mm-hmm. It's the second biggest export factor now. Okay, <laughs> right behind, yes, behind yeah, energy. Right behind energy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, Huga is uh, it's. Uh, it's a concept of um, sitting down, everyone with the family or whatever you find best, uh, mm-hmm. seeing a good movie, having some popcorn, I mean, uh, some tea on the pot. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, sitting with your good friends. It can be a lot of things, but it's, um, yeah, having a cozy time, I okay. think. I'll yeah. yeah. You'll, every every day you ask, what is hookah, yeah. you'll, you can't get that one word because it's it's a concept of, of more yeah. things so that's why it's struggling for us to explain what is actually no, no. Huga, you know, but it's just to tell you it's mm. a, but i guess it comes from uh, because it's a northern country right so um, especially in the winter time we have a uh, long dark days right yeah. uh, and that's where and it's cold and so on so that's where the family of course spend a lot of time together and mm. eat together and and uh, we can you know lighten up the candlelights and mm-hmm. uh, and, and even the uh, a bonfire or something or whatever. yeah, yeah. So, so light light is very important as yeah the well. life, light light yeah. and uh, you know uh, woods yeah. Yeah. we do have very long cold dark winters i mean we don't have as much sunlight i think as you have 
uh, this the is hours Pittsburgh. are shorter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still, still. Still, yeah. okay. All right. Well, at, uh, in the winter time, like I mean, I said, the, sun, the sun rises yeah, yeah, at, sure. at nine, 8.30 and goes down again Absolutely. around 4, 4.30. Four four yeah. I mean, so there's not so many light hours. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we're going to we have to have something else to do. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think it's an important concept. I mean, when I when I had the, the opportunity to travel in Denmark and just, like you said, be with friends and and experience kind of that time it takes on a different level mm-hmm. I think in terms of that that coziness factor yeah. that just enjoyment of uh, your friends and family around you yes. and lighting is important it, it is actually and that it is because yeah. uh, the, the days are so short so that's why light is actually also important indoor mm. and that live light is uh, even more important yeah, yeah. doesn't it's not good for the environment but that's a whole other discussion well <laughs> lower the carbon footprint and electricity source we could yeah. we could work with that well one one challenge i'm going to put for you is when you uh, come back uh, which will probably be in a, a week or so mm-hmm. um one of the things that we're looking for and uh, rebecca kieran on our team are uh, our co-lead here, she brought the velvet unicorn as set decor. Okay. So if you think about it, if there's like a Huga set decor that we could add, okay. yeah. um, let, let's make sure that, let's put that mm-hmm. on the to-do list for when you come back to Pittsburgh. Definitely. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, Nils, Katrina. We thank really appreciate the time you guys yeah, being here with for us. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you We'll have you back uh, at yeah. kind of your end of tour of duty here in Pittsburgh sure. and yeah. um, <laughs> see how much. We'll, we'll do a test on district energy and Huga, or Huga <laughs> quotient if we can increase that it. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Um, we've had a great time here with our conversation with our guests and friends from Denmark. Um, thank you for joining in with the Grant Street Experience, and we'll see you next time. I'm Grant Urban. See you soon. Thank you.